happy Monday to you all. Thank you so much for tuning into the Reclamation Church podcast. My name is John. I serve as the youth director here at Reclamation Church in Plano, Texas. And I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today because we are continuing our series, The Kingdom of God. And we're going to be hearing from our senior pastor here, Tom Wilson. And if this is your first time hearing about Reclamation Church, uh, we want you to visit our website, re.church. There you can find resources like Right Now Media, which is free. And they have incredible devotionals and sermon series, as well as one of my personal favorite shows, Adventures in Odyssey. I love that show. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, let's listen in. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Tom Wilson, the senior pastor here at Reclamation Church, and we are so thrilled you guys will be joining us this morning. Uh, whether you're Zooming in, uh, whether you're watching uh, via our Facebook page, our website, or actually in the building, you guys will know that I'm actually not in the building right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, my family and I found out uh, Saturday afternoon um, that we had been exposed to COVID. And so, therefore, we are required to quarantine until we get testing and all that stuff. So, uh, it was a kind of a mad dash to figure out how in the world uh, I could actually give a sermon to you guys this morning. So, um, thanks to uh, our tech team, we got it all figured out. Um, and if you're looking at my amazing backdrop and wondering, wow, where is he preaching from? Is that some amazing, you know, coffee shop out there in St. Paul, Texas? Uh, that'd be a no. Um, not even sure we have a coffee shop in St. Paul, Texas. This is actually my bathroom. Uh, yeah, I know that's a little weird that I'm preaching to you from my bathroom. Um, however, as you guys may recall, we uh, are in the middle of a remodel at our home, um, and uh, there's really not a lot of places in the house that don't have construction debris and, and lumber and stuff. And I thought, you know, what area could be nice? Um, if you remember back at the beginning of COVID, I actually preached from my barn. Well, the barn is now actually a barn, and there is stuff stacked everywhere. So unfortunately, that is not going to happen. And so uh, we're going to jump right into this. So you guys know we're in the middle of a series that we're calling the uh, Kingdom of God. We've talked a lot about the king. We've talked about the kingdom. We've talked about citizens last week. And today we're talking about something pretty amazing, and that is you uh, and myself. Uh, we're talking about community. And, uh, you know, it's interesting looking at what we're kind of going on um, in, in our culture today. Uh, when COVID-19 hit, it kind of got us thinking how great things used to be. And when we're saying used to be, we're talking about, you know, less than a year ago. Uh, if you can remember back those times where you could just uh, call a friend up, hey, you want to go have lunch, want to go catch a movie, all those things are just kind of taken for granted now. We, we don't get to do that stuff anymore uh, in today's culture. And so what we hear over and over and over, these are unprecedented times. Uh, I will tell you, I am ready for a little precedent. I'm ready to kind of get things back to normal uh, in sense, not be preaching from my bathroom, right? Um, in fact, we were at uh, Home Depot, my wife and I, and we were sitting there checking out and this gentleman was walking in from his car and he got almost to the door and he goes, crap. And he turns around and he walks back and we're like, what is that all about? And Sean goes, I guarantee he forgot his mask. And sure enough, he got his mask out of his car and came right back in. It's like this, this is the new normal, right? So uh, as God would have it, a little irony today, we're talking about community. We're talking about being together um, and yet I'm not there. And so uh, we're going to trust the Holy Spirit uh, to really 
um, you, you know, work through me, work through his scriptures to, to speak to you guys this morning. Um, I do want to start with prayer. Um, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to really do his thing. I'm going to ask for you guys to share some grace because if it could go wrong, it has gone wrong today for me. Um, and since that's why I'm preaching from a laptop because my uh, printer at home just decided he's done playing. And so uh, we figured, well, okay, why not? It's 2020, right? So let's start with prayer and then we'll pick up. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We thank you so much for who you are. And Father, it doesn't matter whether we're on the other side of a screen, on the other side of a country, uh, in a different continent, in a different culture. It does not matter because the same common Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every believer. And Father, right now I pray that you would use this time to speak to us as your disciples, as your community, as your body. Uh, fill us with your encouragement and help us know that you are with us always. And Father, I pray that you would really nudge some people uh, to get back involved in community. Um, I, I have no doubt that we're missing it, uh, that it's taking its effect. And Father, we need your help with that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's start out by talking about our king. Now, I do need to tell you, as I mentioned, if it, if it, if it could go wrong, it's gone wrong. And so unfortunately today we're not going to have any sermon uh, text on the screen. Um, we're not going to have PowerPoint slides in the room. Those who are watching online, it's not going to be there. But we are able to give you guys our sermon note worksheet. And so if you guys are watching online or in the room, um, you can go directly to our website. And there it is. I'm sure those who are on Facebook will, will put a link on there for you. And then you'll be able to follow along with all the scriptures and all the points through there. So um, again, I apologize, but um, it's just the best I can do right now. So again, I prayed for grace. So I, I expect you guys to give me a little bit. All right. So we are jumping right into this. We're talking about our king. And what you're going to see is when Jesus came to earth, in a very short amount of time, he became incredibly popular very quickly. And so I'm going to scan through some scriptures real quick. And you guys know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are known as the Gospels. Uh, and what those basically are are uh, biographies about Jesus. That's really what they are, his life, his death, and then his, his resurrection and his life again, right? But if you look at Mark chapter 1, what it says is the kingdom of God is near. Now, we've been talking about that, and he says, repent and believe the good news. Now, what's really amazing is Jesus had just picked up his disciples. He hits the ground running, and all of a sudden, you see this, this buzz created about Jesus. And so the first one I want to share with you guys is really um, – uh, let me see what story this is um, – so Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 21, says Jesus and his disciples went to the town of Capernaum. Then on the next Sabbath, he went to the Jewish meeting place and started teaching. And all of a sudden, Jesus, who is basically new on the scene, you know, his followers don't even know who this guy is. He starts teaching with authority. And all of a sudden, there's an evil spirit that's there in a person. And what Jesus does is he basically says, hey, you, get out. And just really with authority and with a command in this evil spirit, it just you know, tucks tail and runs like crazy. And the verse I want you to see, it says in verse 25, Jesus tells the evil spirit, be quiet and come out of the man. The man shook, then it gave a loud shout and it left. And then look at verse 27. Everyone was completely surprised and kept saying to each other, what is this? They're starting to realize this man is not your normal rabbi. 
And then it says, this must be some new kind of powerful teaching that even the evil spirits obey him. And then look at this, verse 28. This is the part I want you to catch. News about Jesus quickly spread all over Galilee. Now, in that exact same chapter, all of a sudden, Jesus goes and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then it continues on. He's doing all of these great things. And then in verse 38, he says, I've got to go to the nearby towns because that's why I'm here. I'm here to spread the gospel. I'm here to talk about the good news. And this time what happened was a man with leprosy came, came to Jesus. He, he begged for Jesus to heal him, and he has enough faith. So Jesus says, I'm going to heal you, and he does that. But then what Jesus tells him to do is to not tell anybody. Now, I think it's safe to say that if we were in that situation, maybe we wouldn't be so good either. Uh, he couldn't help it. He went out and told everybody. In fact, Mark one forty five says the man talked about it so much and told so many people that Jesus could no longer go openly into a town. That's how crazy this got. He had to stay away from the towns, but it says the people still came to him from everywhere. It didn't no matter where Jesus went. So all of a sudden, these back-to-back-to-back these -back -to -back events happen. His popularity is going crazy. The very next chapter, I mean, this is just one after another, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. All of a sudden, Jesus is in Capernaum, and he's teaching in someone's house. And, of course, there's this massive crowd there. And you may have heard this story before. It's an incredible account. What happens is there's these four friends they have a friend of his who's paralyzed, and they want to get him into the house so Jesus can heal him. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if it's fire code. I don't know if the, the fire marshal is there. There's just not enough room. They can't get in. And so it is so crazy busy that they can't get into the house. And so one of them has a great idea. Let's take our paralyzed friend, get him on top of the roof, and then they literally start tearing a hole into the roof. It's probably you know, thatch and, and, and grasses and, and you know, easy to get into. They, they tear through the mud, and they lower their friend down on some kind of a rope harness system. And Jesus is so in awe of their faith that he heals the man. Now, that's an incredible miracle, but I want you to see what happens. Then, down at the end, it says, they praised God and said, we have never seen anything like this. People flock to Jesus over and over and over. And I guess the question I have for us is if the body of Christ demanded so much attention when Jesus was physically on earth and people just couldn't get enough of him, why isn't that happening with the same body of Christ if you and I make up the body of Christ? And I think that's a fair question. I mean, in essence, nothing reflects the character of Jesus like the character of his people. And if we are doing church, if you will, the way that we should be doing church, it should be absolutely irresistible. In fact, if you take the word church in the New Testament, it actually appears 107 times. So that's a lot. And the word is ecclesia. Now, Ek, which basically means out of, and then klesia means calling. That's the root word. And so the literal definition is to assemble, to gather. It means called out. So we see the word church. Now, I, in the room, I was going to do a bit of a pop quiz to make some. I'm going to make sure I'm still recording here. Yeah. Um, see, I'm still on there. Um, when it comes to uh, the word church, I was going to do a pop quiz, ask you guys to raise your hands, but obviously I can't see you, so that's kind of irrelevant. But 
Pop quiz. Who was the first person to ever use the word church? Now, right now, I'm sure there are hands going up all over the room, and I've got such great Sunday school answers, and everyone's saying collectively, because it's always the easiest answer in church, the answer is Jesus, and you would be absolutely right. And so what's going on here, Um, Jesus, uh, to kind of put this in context, was kind of talking to his disciples, and he asked them a question. And the question, you might even say, was was also a pop quiz, and he says, hey, what? What is, what is everyone saying about me? Th- those who are outside, you know, they, they hear the buzz, so much is going on. Who do they say that I am? And then they respond back and they say, well, hey, you know, some say they, you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, and some say you're Jeremiah, and then they listen to other prophets. But then Jesus stops and he looks at one particular man. His name is Peter. And he says, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And I want you to see what he says. This is Matthew 16, 18. Now he says, now I say to you, I'm sorry, what Peter said, he says, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And then look at verse 18. He says, now I say to you, you are Peter, which it says, which means rock. And upon this rock, now these words are so incredibly important. It says, I will build my church. And then he says, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Church can absolutely be irresistible. In fact, just, you know, earlier when I was putting together this lesson, I actually put together some thought when it comes to my experience with church. Now, I've shared before, I didn't grow up in a church home, um, but interesting enough, and I don't know how I got this Bible, but somehow it was handed down to me. Uh, Again, I was going to show it to you in person, but then you know, COVID hit and the Bible is just sitting right there on my desk, but I can't be in the building right now. Um, I've got a Bible from an old church of Christ in Paloma, California, which I was born in San Diego. And this Bible says 1978, which I would have been three years old. And it says perfect attendance. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I, I didn't realize I was in a church. Found out later on, it's because I was actually part of the Mother's Day Out before there was a cool thing like Mother's Day Out, right? So very early on, there were seeds planted in my life. Well, uh, teenage years, um, when it comes to church, uh, I discovered church, and it showed me love, and it showed me community. Um, There were loving adults in in my church home, uh, my youth sponsors, who even though I had kind of a train wreck situation at home with dysfunction, they showed me what true healthy community and family really could look like. And they modeled that for me. Um, It was through church, uh, loving me and accepting me that I actually accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and got baptized. Um, It was also through church, the people of church. And um, for those who may not know, I went to a a Christian college here in the Dallas area, Dallas Christian College. Uh, So you might say it's a preacher school, right? Um, I, I got a full ride scholarship. I mean, my tuition and books were completely covered. Why is that? Because people in church actually stepped up decades and decades ago and said, we want to help sponsor young men who are going into ministry. And I was blessed to be able to get that. And that was all through, again, church. Um, It was through church uh, that I became a youth pastor at a small church in South Irving. (laughs) And uh, this is kind of a funny story, but uh, I was there for six years. Um, My first two years, I did not get paid. 
And my responsibilities were, uh, it was going to be Sunday morning church. It was going to be Sunday evening uh, youth group. It was going to be children's church. And it was going to be a Wednesday midweek series. Um, and by the way, I, I also didn't get paid and I was required to mow the grass. And so, um, but what I did discover is they truly taught me what community looked like. And I also got to see through the senior pastor what it really meant to be a, a servant. And I really understood that through church. It was that exact same church that actually introduced me to this gorgeous, young, blonde, uh, incredible woman that I fell head over heels with, uh, flash forward a couple years, and it was before our church and our family and our friends that we entered into a covenant before God and got married, right? The church was such an incredible point of our life. Uh, we were called to Plano uh, to be uh, on staff here at the church that we're at now. Um, we had two kids that were both baptized in this very church. Um, and, and honestly, it, it's through so many people that are still involved in our church that I give credit to that you know came alongside us and modeled and helped uh, you know raise our kids and teach them. Um, and, and you know they're not perfect, but I give so much credit to our church and, and the presence in our life because they were so involved um, that they got to experience church. And for me, church has had a massive impact in my life. And I know for so many people who are watching this right now, that is your kind of story. That once you got a taste of church, it was just kind of part of your life over and over and over. And, and I will tell you, yes, I realize there are bad churches out there and there are bad stories and bad testimonies and bad. I get all of that. But when you really get to experience church and, and what healthy church is, there's nothing like it. And Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And he's the one. Now, and the amazing thing you've got to understand is, is the collective power. It has nothing to do with how beautiful your campus is. <laughs> um, if you've been to our campus, we, we, we've made leaps and bounds, but it's, it's nothing special, right? My, my home church was nothing special. It wasn't the, the, the campus or the beautiful buildings. It wasn't the amazing music. Uh, first time I went to church, they said, turn to hymn number you know 427. And I'm like, what is this music? It's horrible. I, I've since changed, and I actually like a lot of hymns. It's not the music that gets you, even though music is a great part of it. It's not, shall I say, the speaker. Um, I, here I am preaching from a bathroom to you guys, right? That's not the that's not the secret sauce. And yet there's incredible teachings. But I've also got to realize you guys can go to YouTube and find so many better preachers than me. So I, I, I get that. But the secret sauce of church, which makes church unbelievable and irresistible, it's what dwells inside of us, and that's His Holy Spirit. First Corinthians three sixteen, the irresistible factor of church. Here's what it says: Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? And here's what it says: And that the Spirit of God lives in you. Right? That that's the common denominator. That's the thing that makes community so incredibly important when it comes to church. Now, uh, I want to run through very quickly the body of Christ, right? That that's what we're a part of. Uh, three different aspects that I see in the body of Christ that when it's functioning correctly, irresistible. You just can't imagine it. And again, we all can say negative things about church stories. And I've, and I've heard this about this church and I went to this church before. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about when church is done right. It is absolutely unreal. The first one I will share is in the body of Christ, there is a culture of acceptance. I'm going to say it again, acceptance. Andy Stanley, here's what he says. He says, you did not become a Christian when you realized you were a sinner. Here's what he says. You became a Christian when you realized that God loved you as a sinner. He didn't say go get it all cleaned up first. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the key principle here is acceptance in the body of Christ and acceptance in a community is the initial environment for change when the Holy Spirit really begins to work in our life. And when you feel accepted, when you feel you belong, all of a sudden you begin to be influenced and being open to it. Also in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, you can find true intimacy where we come together and we literally do life together, right? We cry together, we, we dine together, we eat together, we laugh together, we cheer together. Um, you know, my wife and I, I first of all, I, I don't really have any family outside of um, my, my household, right? Um, my, my wife's got a big family, but, but they don't live really close. And so we see them as much as we can, but the truth is here we are in North Texas and we're kind of in this, this sea, if you will, of people that we're not related to by blood. And I know so many people can relate to that, but what we have gathered and what we have received and we've been blessed by is intimacy with the body of Christ because you can do life together with other people who also fit that same dynamic. And again, what creates us together is again, the spirit that lives inside of us. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18, here's what it says. So all of us who have had the veil removed, right? It's been gone, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit, here's what it says, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image, right? So when it comes to this idea that we have all of a sudden this culture of acceptance, and when people accept us, even though we are sinners, we can enter into this moment of intimacy with them. And that intimacy, here's what it means. Intimacy is to be known and to fully know. And then that leads to our third one in the body of Christ and I love this. Oh my gosh, do I love this. We can experience real, authentic, genuine community. And I will tell you um, what I see over and over and over again as the pastor, and especially in the time of COVID, is that without a doubt, even though your relationship with God is always meant to be personal, it was never meant to be private. The whole idea of going to church and sitting and listening and leaving and not interacting with the community would have been so foreign to Acts chapter 2 because they literally did life together. And then look at this, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I love this. They're just sitting around and it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In essence, we absolutely need each other. You know, that verse kind of stuck out to me. It's because it says very clearly, 
let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And the reality is every church in America has some that are involved in community and some who are just kind of on the outskirts participating and watching from a distance, but they don't get involved and therefore they're missing that community. Uh, you know, I, I, I hesitated to talk about this, but I am part of a small group that meets in my home and we kicked off our small groups in uh, September. And, and the reason I say I was hesitant to mention this is because we have a very strict rule in all of our small groups that what is talked about a small group stays a small group. And so for all those who are part of my small group, don't worry, I'm not sharing any juicy details, I promise. Um, but really our small group is really kind of a an experiment, if you will because we got together with another couple and we prayed for several weeks and just asked God to bring us the people that we really wanted to do life together with. And we kind of really put that in his court and said, you, you, you help us with this. And then we talked about what do we want this small group to look like? And we wanted authenticity and, and we wanted intimacy. In its essence, what we did is we, we went through those three things that I just listed for you guys, acceptance, intimacy, and community. And then we raise the bar and says, this is what we're expecting. And, and, and are you guys interested? And I will tell you, every single person said, man, that sounds great. I'm in. And I am so pleased to share with you guys that we've only been together for, I don't know, two months. And there is such a bond and such a, a community aspect and a culture of acceptance and this intimacy. And we're doing life together. And can I tell you the secret? It's not a secret. It's the Holy Spirit that we get to do life together. And the goal of Christianity is to not just know God, right? Or excuse me, not just to know about God, but it is actually to know God. And, and you know, one of the things that we're doing in our small group, and I'm going to begin to, to close up because I realize uh, I'm in the bathroom preaching and, and this sermon could go really long. It'd be really weird. Um one of the things that we're doing in our small group is that we have encouraged everyone to share their personal testimony, which is their story. And honestly, we want to go all the way back. Where were you born? You know, what was your childhood like? But the, the icing on the cake, the, the thing that we're all waiting for when someone's talking about is then I met Jesus. And all of a sudden, it's like their whole story, their whole trajectory just changes. And I will tell you that incredible moment it is common in all of us that we were all broken and therefore we all need to have acceptance and we're all on the outside. And so we're looking for intimacy and we have the same common bond and that is the Holy Spirit. And, and I say this all the time and I can't say it enough that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside each and every single believer who's accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we absolutely need to be around other Christians. Now here's, here's the awkward talk, if you will. Right now, because of COVID, there are so many people who've said, I I'm good, I I'm gonna just hold off being around community for a while. And I will tell you, I have seen uh, the, the outcome of that. And what I see is families who have hit rock bottom in depression. And I've seen individuals who are just stressed out of their minds. And I've seen kids who are fighting with parents. I'm like, you guys are living in a home on top of each other and you're not getting out. And I'm telling you, 
it's it's a tragic situation because what that scripture says very clearly again, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, Jesus says very clearly that on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And then he says, did you catch that last part of that phrase? Here's what he says. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And very respectfully, if I could just say, for some people, the pandemic has absolutely stopped their entire church involvement. And the sad truth is it's impacting those individuals. And so we've got to understand whether we're living by fear, you know, whether we are absolutely um, not in a small group because we're not getting involved. Whatever our situation is, I just want to encourage you, we need to re-engage because the body of Christ was never meant to be distant, but to be doing life together. And so what you're going to see, and we're going to continue doing this, is going into this winter, going into the spring, we're going to continue having events to encourage you guys to come and to get out of your homes and to be safe and to be socially distant, but to be a part of a community. Because if you're watching this and you've not had any interaction in months it is taking its toll on you because we were created to live in community and we're created and needing that Holy Spirit's involvement in our life. And so, again, if you're watching this, I just want to gently nudge you guys and encourage you. You need to re-engage. And listen, if you want to be part of a small group, we have many small groups you guys can plug into. If you want to do a small group only online, that's cool. We've got that. We can do the whole Zoom thing. Uh, if you feel comfortable getting in person, that's great. We, we got those too. But the point is we need each other. And community is absolutely a part of the kingdom of God. And it's a huge part of the kingdom of God. And if you are missing that, we highly encourage you to get that. And so I want to close us in prayer today. Um, hey, God willing, God willing, I will see you guys in person next week. If not, I'll do something to make sure I get the message out. Um, but uh, prayers would be appreciated. We love you guys, um, and I hope to see you guys soon. But with that said, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. We thank you so much for, for who you are. And, and you know the fact is that you're universal and you're transcendent, and, and there's nothing that's going to stop you. There's nothing that's going to stop your church. And, and when your son said, not even the gates and the powers of hell will stop my church, uh, well, I'm not too worried about a pandemic, right? You, you are so much bigger than that. And so, Father, I hate to help us realize that we are, we are um, under attack when it comes to uh, church involvement. And, Father, we have got to step up and find creative ways to overcome our fear and to step out on faith and to trust that you're going to speak through our brothers and sisters. And Father, I pray that you would just be with all of us and not just a little bit, just to know that you are in control, Father. And then help us to be creative out of our minds with new ways of doing church to reach people that we are not reaching right now, Father. We love you and we give this time to you. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. God bless. See you soon.
Wow, what a good message from Pastor Tom Wilson. And if something stood out to you today, we want to hear about it. Email the podcast at podcast.re.church. And Katie Rose, our ministry coordinator, and I will talk about it on our discussions episode. Speaking of our discussions episodes, they air every Thursday here or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. We look forward to seeing you there on Thursday. And why don't you find us on social media as well while you're at it. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at re.churchplano. We look forward to seeing you guys next week and we'll see you on Monday. Bye.